bad guys. I definitely got kicked out. I don't know how it happened. I have no idea. I didn't even get like a phone call or nothing. It was nah. just like, oh, it's over. Instagram's hating, bro. Straight up. <laughs> but let's let's reel it back. Let's let's rewind. Yeah. Basically, Texas was just going through the worst, bro. Like mm-hmm. freezes and the city doesn't even they didn't even like budget for like salt trucks or nothing like that. So everybody's just at the crib. A lot of people lost power. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate that I didn't, but at the same time, it really sucked because I couldn't get to my friends and my friends couldn't get to me who didn't mm-hmm. have power. So I have friends here who didn't have power for over 36 hours. Damn. Didn't have water. And it was just, it was crazy. So it was a real smack in the face because Wednesday it started, that Wednesday it started to like lighten up a bit. But mm-hmm. then by that Thursday, it snowed again. So it just like stacked back on itself. But literally, I promise you, I'm not dramatic like this. Saturday, you couldn't tell anything happened. You really? So you had like you could see that there was a little snow still piled up in some places, but you couldn't tell that a disaster just happened in the cities. It was it was really ridiculous. So on top of on top of that, uh, obviously the state governor has lifted all mask mandates and opened everything one hundred percent. That shit is crazy. Like literally everything. 100% schools anything you can think of is open um and there are people who are happy because the economy this and that but obviously they're like the biggest grocery store out here is called HEB mm-hmm. and HEB has said no we're still doing a mass mandate in our store uh so there are a lot of places that are going to be like that but for the most part man it's republic it's a republican state um no matter how you flip it yeah yeah, no matter how you want to view it, even if you're a democratic city like San Antonio, it doesn't matter. Like the the people that run the state have their like their main agendas, and they go with their main talking points, uh, regardless of how anybody feels. To be honest, so it is wild to be in Texas right now. But I'm gonna be alright. I feel like Texas is always on some like crazy wild shit. So I just Bro. I guess it comes with the territory. Man, uh, <laughs> I didn't think about that before I moved here, but also uh, it's not exactly like I picked it. Like God had me move here, so I, I was just following what I felt was the voice of the Lord. But, bro, uh, <laughs> the moment I can get out of here, I'm out of here. Like the second that I, Where, I can go. Where's your dream destination to live? I don't, well, live, I would love to live in London just because it's my favorite city, but it's not mm-hmm. like they're, they're not exactly problem free. Like, Pretty much no place is problem-free. Either there's a crazy government or a crazy climate. Um, so climate is probably part of why I would probably never move to L.A. as much as mm. I like it. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I'm not trying to get nothing burned down by wildfire. Uh, <laughs> I can't really, I don't really want to move in the middle of America because there's Tornado Alley and stuff like that going on. Too north is too cold. It's, hey, it's, hey, I hear you. But I love Chicago. I love D.C. I actually thought I was going to be in D.C. longer than I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to move back there one day. So, yeah, those are London, D.C., and Chicago are the three places that I probably think about most when it comes to, like, somewhere to live, somewhere to move. I actually have to go to Chicago. I've been to D.C. a few times. I haven't got to experience Chicago as much. You as haven't been? Oh, my. Chicago in the summer, especially. In the summer. Please. Oh, my God. I'll make it happen. It's perfect. It makes no sense. It's perfect. I don't. I don't know why. It just. I. I love it. My manager lives there. Um, I was living there like months at a time, mm-hmm. from 
like age 25 to 27. Uh, so I spent legitimately six months a year in Chicago, just staying with my manager, connecting with people. That's how you got some of the features like um, All I Need With No Name, how I got connected with Saba and we eventually did our song, how I got connect connected with Nick Dinkins, we eventually did our song. Um, Thelonious Martin doing uh, Grown Woman. Yeah, he's Peter incredible. Cottontail doing Do Not Disturb. Like that was just me staying out in Chicago for a bunch wow. of times. So, it's yeah, crazy you mentioned No Name, too, because that's kind of my introduction to you. That's, like, the first record I heard, and I was just yeah. kind of like, oh, this is a unique name. And then, honestly, not for nothing, and I'm sure she's in here, um, my best friend Christy put me on to you, and she's been listening to you for, like, years. And every time she, like, the music you make brings, like, restores a very interesting feeling. Like, it's very, like, right now, r in such a beautiful place, but it's, like, you kind of restore that classic feeling that I love, but it's still very... Mm -hmm like new age so i love like so shout out to my best friend christy for putting me on and she's the one who met you all in boston too yeah shout out christy 100 percent. it's funny because uh you say i bring back the classic sound and i don't necessarily feel that way i feel like I've i feel like you restore the feeling rather okay I, I can go with that because i feel like i've challenged a lot and because i do that that's to a degree why like you get a split on whether or not people really like my music which mm -hmm. i i anticipate that i'm okay with that um so it's that is the goal though to to bring back a feeling once again it feeling in general to bring that back in music uh that's part of why the the album title being if you feel just like if that's if you have that capacity i want to bring that out of you like even mm -hmm. if you didn't know it so if it's going to be a song like so much more or if it's going to be a dance record like find me if it's going to be a old school record like like i feel if it's going to be something that's like more upbeat, like want, need, or surf. Like I was just trying to find those pockets to find something for anyone who feels. Uh, so yeah, that that's the goal. Let's talk about, let's talk about like, just if you feel as a whole, I all, uh, uh, like the Mariba records is special. There's a lot of special records on there. So let's just take us through the album. Like tell us like, you know, the writing process, you know, obviously a lot of your, all your, all your music is very personal. I know you're fighting from a place like, right here so like just take yeah. us through the, the, the if you feel sessions and just kind of you know seeing the reactions i was just on your youtube and i saw someone post like i to me again okay there you go i miss what you said about my, 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 yo it's crazy because i literally told all my friends don't call me during this and of course the, friend <laughs> I told the, the, mo the most times don't call me just call me so kevin <laughs> fuck you anyways as I was saying, with um, let's just let's just take us through the album because I feel like you know, like there's you know the process, seeing the reactions now, people saying crazy things like "Yo, I'm gonna play this at my wedding." Like, how does that yeah. feel? Like, all these songs are coming from your own place and just seeing how how people love it. I saw someone call it perfect the other day on Twitter. Like, how does that feel for you? I'm gonna do a a, a quick plug here and say that I, I made a podcast that I went over a few of the songs in depth. I talked about uh, the sessions and just kind of went into, um, I guess, the, the thought, the central thought of the song and how that connected in my life. So it's called EXO Creative Club. If anybody wants to go listen more in depth, um, we just, I only did 10 episodes, just one season right now. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about another season, but uh, so I'm not going to go as deep as I'd like to into all the songs, but you can hear more there. So, I mean, just throughout the album, um, the order of them is, is kind of crazy. I think the first song I actually did, that first song I recorded was Something Changed. Mm -hmm. uh, that was with Business Boy. 
me and Biz had worked before. The first time we ever worked together was Afraid. We did that from scratch in person. He wow. made the beat on spot uh, with Theory, and I wrote the joint on spot. And so it just that worked out really well. We've had a great connection ever since. Um, so Business is incredible. He's fire. He's on so many things. He just went platinum with Rihanna and Party Next Door again. So he's just incredible. Again, he's, he's out there. <laughs> he's fire, man. Um, so, yeah, we, that was the first record we did. And I was really, like, just retro – excuse me, retrospective. I was really yeah, introspective at the time, just trying to figure out where I wanted to go with the project, who I felt like I was, face some things I hadn't faced in music yet about myself. So we, I started there. I don't remember the order of everything I recorded, but I know that that was the first session. The third session was so much more. I got a chance mm. to work with Camper and that man. I didn't know, bro. I honestly, he he's responsible for her volume one, volume two. And wow. I believe whatever the next album she's going to do, he's responsible for that as well. Because uh, they've been working again. They, they, um, they didn't work together during her EP phases, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, the next thing she does is gonna be crazy because it's him. He did B Seven as well for Brandy, so wow. Camper is just—I didn't know his catalog when I stepped in that room with him because I'm just ignorant to be honest. And nothing so I'm wrong with that. Him. Huh? I said nothing wrong with that happening. Yeah, I brought him the idea. I had it voice recorded on my phone. I had been thinking of this like Drew Hill old school thing in the shower. And I brought it to him, like, yo, what can we do? And so the drums, because it's just me, I'm just like, like, I'm just doing it out like that. He's like, that's the intro. I was like, oh, all right. He's like, go record that. So, like, that was, like, a really, really cool session. We did that um, from based off of the the idea on my phone from start to finish. Uh, Marcus Samaj was there with me, uh, helping me write the record, which I typically don't have a writer. Matter of fact, that was the only time the entire album I had one. But I love Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, he is responsible for a lot of songs, but probably your favorite song on Snow Lego's last album, Marcus is probably involved. Oh, uh, so you, you've been working with some very heavy hitters. Yeah, man. And I didn't, I, I didn't know when I met him either. I, I met him before that. But um, I met him at a writing camp that uh, Keep Cool did. But man, I was just like, oh, he's a cool dude. Oh, we vibe. And then he ended up at the session with me for the album. And then I, I kind of see everything he's doing after that because I follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he posts every time, you know, some a record comes out that he helped write. And I'm like, nigga, you write for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, amazing. Damn. So, yeah, that, that was the third day. I was only in L.A. for... I got there on the 2nd, and I was gone by the 14th. I was on the plane by the 14th. I was supposed to be there the entire month of March uh, of last year, of course. So I was there from March 2nd to March 13th, really. And I made five songs that stayed on the album. I made, like, eight songs, but the five that's, that actually made the album were in that time span. Really short. Uh, doesn't always happen that way. So Yeah, it's crazy to do that many records in that small time is nuts, especially R&B records. Yeah, and I was I just came off tour. Literally, this is the, the schedule. I did a tour from, um, it was literally the day after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. to right before Christmas, came back uh, late January, and I finished by February 18th was my last show in Miami last year. That next week, me and my wife did like an early um, anniversary celebration. And then the week after that, I was in LA to record. I didn't know... I'm just finished performing this album. 
I don't know if I got anything else like new in my head yet as far as like a direction. So to have five songs make the album out of that that time period, that's like I don't know, bro. That it just felt really good to get it done like that. Um so that was the third day, but literally the fourth and fifth days were I was working with this group called Bregma. Mm-hmm. So they played this beat and the first I said it to them verbally. I was like, I don't know what this means, but I'm here at Surf. And they're like, just go with it. And so literally Surf was written that day. And while we're in that session, I said, Hey man, I wanna do like a four on the floor kind of uh like Kanye West fade or Lost in the World. Like I, I want something kind of dancey in that in those veins. That was a really vague description, but I was like, that's something I want to try. And they're like, we wanted to make something like that for you. So, you know, let us get into it. The next day they played me two beats and one of them ends up being Find Me. So just like, we were on this roll of like, oh, that made the album, that made the album, that made the album, just going. Uh, it was a really cool time, man. So anyway, let me fast forward through it all. Just uh, listen, you ain't got to <laughs> fast forward nothing. I love, pro- I love process album talk. <laughs> It was just, it was a lot, but it just came together so well. And it was the first time that I had stepped out of working by myself and like legitimately continuously working with other people to get my music made. And it's something I needed to do. I felt like I needed that to get next level because mm-hmm. there's only so much I can do here in this room, in my headphones, with my laptop. Like that's only gonna go so far at some point. Uh, funny enough, I remember I told you I had to come home and I still needed to finish the album. Yep. So I finished the album that way, the way that I was used to, just by myself. But the records that I did in LA uh, with so much more surf and all those other records, like those are some of my favorite songs I've ever made. Simply wow. the energy in the room, um, just being able to bounce ideas off of each other. And now that's the only way I want to work. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm mad introverted, so that's why it wasn't that way. But now I'm like, the next time I can get to LA and it's safe, I want to go and I want to work. Um, just to give you an idea of the schedule for that album, what it was supposed to be, I was scheduled for a studio for 23 studio sessions between March 2nd and March 30th. I think. Oh wow! So we were. I I was looking at it like, bro, I don't have this much to say. <laughs> This is going to be some days we just making stuff up, bro, for real. And there were, even in that short time span, there was at least three songs that I recorded that I hate. <laughs> and they will never drop because, no. What makes uh, you hate a record? Like, is it just a bad record or just kind of yeah, like, I know my potential? It's a mix of both because it's, like, it's not good. And even, like, I have an idea, so I want to try it because maybe it could be something. But then you listen back and you're like, I just couldn't catch what I was going for. Uh, so, yeah, there was, there was like this kind of duet style, slow jam joint I was going to do with somebody. Um, not like slow. It was more like, how can I describe the feeling? Almost like early 2000s, kind of like mid-tempo duet style. Okay. And it just did come together the way either of us wanted to in recording. Um, I had a joint that was supposed to supposed to feel more like a summertime bop, and then by the time I got to the chorus, it felt more like Auntie R and B. Like <laughs> it felt like Step in the Name of Love, and I was like, I'm not doing this, guys. Yeah. But when it first dropped, even still, when it first dropped, it's like, oh, okay, okay. Then it, by the time I get to the chorus, it's just like, 
nah, bro, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not dropping this. So there are records that just, it just doesn't all come together well. And you know what it does because you keep playing it and playing it. Mm-hmm. So, so most times the song will tell you. Uh, so that's just where you got to be at with it. It's so like refreshing to talk to an artist and just talk, hear how like much you care and how much you like re- the thought, like even like remembering specific dates and knowing where you were. Like mm-hmm. it's amazing to know how much you care about the craft. And let's. Man, I've been trying for this since I was twelve years old. My brother was my brother was in a three man rap group in high school, and he was the producer. Okay, and so there were times. First of all, in the we had like some equipment in the basement. There was a mm-hmm. keyboard. Back then, you could make the beats on the keyboard um, with like a floppy disk. You had to save all your beats to a floppy disk. Um, and I played drums, so there was an electric drum set. And it wasn't until we got that drum set that I was even allowed in that room because I didn't play keys. My dad and my brother did. Okay. That keyboard was too expensive for me to just mess around with. I can feel but that. By the time my brother left... He took all his beats with him. He went to college and took his beats. So I was like, I'm going to try to make some. And so I've legitimately, I mean, I'm not a producer anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've legitimately been going for it in some kind of way since I was 12 years old. And I mean, as a singer, I've only been going for it. Oh, wow. Okay, not only. It's been about eight years as a singer now. I was going to say, because you transitioned from, from uh, Christian rap yeah to sing and sing. yeah and that thing i want to say you've been active since like 2012 13. yeah that's, that's even crazy. as a solo artist uh i've been active since 2012 and before that it was a lot and that's that's part of why i feel like sometimes i'll wake up and be like what do i have to say because i've been saying something in some form every year in a project a full project since at least 2004. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just writing something just trying to get it all made all these full songs that I've put together. Um, and it's it's been a lot, but I love it. There's always something new to do, somewhere new to go. Last night, or two nights ago, I wrote a song about how my dad met my mom. Oh, shit. My mom was engaged when they met. And long story short, they've been married for 36 years, 37 years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, like... And it's not this sweet song you would think. I just kind of took the idea of like, yo, my dad was like a cold nigga, bro. Like, no, he, I was going to say that. I'm like, that's, that's cold <laughs> So it's not this like sweet love song. It's like, like it's a I'm that nigga song. And it's like just kind of taking these different aspects that are still a part of my life. And w- with as much information that I know, just try to try to build from that. And so there's always something new that we haven't really said before. I, to me, every song eventually becomes a remix of something that you've done before. Of course. Uh, because there's only so much to talk about. I think there was somebody in film said there's only seven stories to tell mm-hmm. and I forget what, what they are, but whatever. Um, but in general, there's, there's still nuances that haven't been touched before that we can bring out. And that's, what's exciting about it. That's why I love songwriting more than any other part of music. I hate recording. I love performing, but I love writing the song the most. So yeah, man, it's it's a journey, and I'm just in love with it. That's again, that's beautiful to hear. Because again, like you know, you've been active for a very long time. I feel like you're kind of hitting new plateaus. So to still hear you're still very excited and love working is like makes makes me as a fan happy, and I'm sure it makes everyone in the comments happy. Everyone keeps men- mentioning the saying, "Oh, so we're just gonna get into it." I, <laughs> you have a very recent tweet. Yeah, he said, he said y'all got one. 
Let's talk about it. Let's talk about these these new joints that we're doing. And No, nah, like, so it's not even a, a new joint. It's like legitimately the first song we've made together this year. That's what he was talking about. So it's only one, and it's the joint I just told you about. Writing, oh, wow. Perfect. Yeah, team. that was the joint I wrote. Um, I'm tempted to play. It's, so, it's a short song. People are going to be kind of mad at that. But I'm tempted to play a little bit of it. Yo, listen. If um, you want to play, if you want to play a quick know, little bro. snippet, you know, for the people, I won't say no. <laughs> I won't say Look, no. Let me figure. Let me figure something out real quick. Let me get off camera. Say Let's no more. What, right. Let me see what we can do. Y'all want some? You want? You want some snippets real quick? I got to time this joint right so y'all don't get too much. Hey, I'm listening. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. All right. Let me make sure it's still not too loud. I changed it earlier. I never know how to act when a song is playing. Because like, I'm supposed to do like a music video. <laughs> I'm saying, do what you got to do. This is hard. Alright, that's enough. That's enough. Yo, that's just hard. That's, that's Sango, bro. Sango, hey, he puts me on something crazy all the time. I've been on. I've been on all kind of beats because of this man, right? He so, just gets you. His next thing was like, yo, I got to get you on a Detroit beat. So that was our, that's a snippet of like, you know, the first attempt right there. Can and we then talk I, about, my bad. Go ahead. I was like, can we talk about like, I, I, you know, I know you guys met through Twitter and you guys have been working through each other through like the so selection, like, like, like on connection, but like, let's talk about your friendship now. Like I read that you guys are like great friends, your wife's are friends. Like it seems like somehow Twitter turned made you guys into, like, the homie homies. And now people are – I don't know if you peep the comments, but there's people saying, like, you and him are, like, waiting, waiting LeBron in, in Miami. <laughs> real comment. Man, um, real we, comment. <laughs> we talk about that because somebody made that meme a while back. Uh, <laughs> so that's just – that's how we interact with each other. But, yeah, he, he is the first person to take a chance on me um, for more than just, like, one track, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um he he was so much further than me in 2012. It didn't make any sense to to work with me. I had just put out my second project. I was just trying to find myself as an artist. And he hits me up. I remember he had like 3,000 followers on Twitter, which was a whole lot back then. Yeah, for sure. And it was just like, dang, man, like he's, he got to be legit. He got 3,000 followers. Like, what's up? So, um, yeah, he hit me, wanted to work because he heard um, a ballad that I did called Laminin. And so I was like, cool, yo, like, like, let's do something. And he sends me maybe like four beats, and I hate all of them. I don't like any of them. I remember, I'm just like, this this sucks. Yeah. Sucks. I don't. I didn't like it because I wasn't used to it. I wasn't familiar with what he was doing. And I was just like, mm. everything just felt so odd. But I wasn't in tune to like the, the beat world, the beat making world quite yet. So Absolutely. I'm just trying to figure, like, what is he doing? Like, this ain't no, this is not it, right? 
So one of the beats he sent me was called Middle of Things. And the, the version of it was just like, I didn't really like it. So I guess he didn't either because a couple months later, he remade it and sent it to me again. And I was like, I like this. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll like work on it. And I just named it based off the beat because I didn't know where to go. I had never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. So I just created this story and of this love story because that's why I was comfortable. But then put saying that uh, God is in the middle of all of it. Like that mm-hmm. was the idea, right? So I put the song out. He, ooh, whatever. I, I had a thing called uh, SPZRK3 for my old name. It was like a three song EP that came out on March 3rd of 2013 and I put yeah put that joint out that song's on there and he reposted on SoundCloud and at this time I had never I don't know if I've ever had like 500 plays and that joint had a thousand plays so quick and I was like oh okay cool that's crazy and then next thing you know that joint got 30,000 I'm like whoa (laughs) what's going on so eventually I think he um he wanted it for his album. So mm-hmm. once he dropped it on his album is when it took off. And people started kind of looking my way at that point too. But then, uh, if you know the producer Stu, mm-hmm. Stu did the remix and that joint got a million streams. And I Holy was shit. Like, this was 20, had to be 14 by that point, 2014 by the time it had a million streams. And I was just like, what's happening? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I'm just, I have no knowledge of the game of any kind. I'm just trying to do my thing. And that was it, man. Just those moments took everything off for us. So when we noticed that that song could connect like that, we were like, all right, cool, man. Maybe we should do something else. So I was like, I hit him up about trying for an EP after one song. I don't know if that sounds crazy, but after one song, he's got all this, you know, much more stardom and everything. I'm just like, yo, would you do an EP with me? And he's like, sure. he sends me a pack over and I remember I had recorded two songs that day, the same day he sent it and sent it right back to him and that made him even more excited Um, so as he started making more new stuff, he would send some more so we finished this this project and I'm ready to drop it like somewhere near or after South by Southwest of 2014 and we wanted to put it out through Selection and at the time they just they had a lineup of releases and so yeah, we Selection has been killing shit forever. Bro, they had like, this person's dropping, that person's dropping, that person's dropping. So we had to wait. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever, you know, a month or two. And a month or two turned into a year. <laughs> and I was just like, man, I got this. We need to drop this, nigga. Like, this yeah, is my new with music, blah, blah, blah. And their whole thing was like, if it's timeless, then it's still going to be fire when we drop it. And I'm like, nigga, whatever, drop it. Um, but it was true. That was, it was 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 the right, that was the right time, man. We dropped it and people don't know that it was made an entire year earlier. They just connect to it then and there. And that changed everything, man. So Sango taking that first chance on me just led to everything else you've ever heard from us. And it, that made a, a bond. Like we didn't actually work together face to face until 2019 i went out to seattle so everything was through like we were just in a Easy, but we had so much of the same mindset similar mindset in life and faith um we have compatible we're compatible in our like 
in our friendship and our ways. He actually kind of nudged me to change my name. I don't think he meant to, but he did. Um, he took me on tour with him to Europe, which was my first time ever in Europe. That was 2016. And we were riding in an Uber. And their Ubers are cool because, like, some, some of their uh, trucks, like, you can face each other. So mm-hmm. we're facing each other. And <laughs> he's random. He'll, he'll be listing his top five sandwiches. <laughs> and then, and then um, he just randomly was like, so when are you going to change your name? And I was like, <laughs> I, I was not even thinking about it. I was like, uh, I, don't, I didn't plan to. He's like, oh, okay. And I was like, nigga, what? You mean, oh, okay. Like, you said that, like, I must do it. And so he was like, no, that's not a big deal. And when we got back from the tour, I sat down with my manager and his assistant and was just like, all right, so what could, what are some possible names that we could go to? We just went with my first and middle. Um, but he had such an impact, impact on my name change, on the opportunities I've received, the money we've both been able to make with each other, for each other. That's beautiful, um, man. It's just been so cool. So we wanted to tour together on our last tour. Um, the, t- the politics of headlining and co-headlining and blah, 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 it just gets in the way. This manager, that manager, this agent, that agent. It gets too much. So we just did them around the same time of each other and tried to be at That's each other's city when we could. That's fire. But yeah, man, we've we've become really good friends. Our wives are really good friends. They are texting all the time. We've got a group chat with the four of us. Like it's just good stuff, man. Yeah. And all this happened because of Twitter. Because of Twitter. Because he hit me one time and was like, "I like this song. Would you like to make a song?" <laughs> and I was like, "Sure." Can you? Can we talk about one of my favorite records? The record that I I think I play at least like once a day. Which is the just just get hair record with Wale? And yeah. Just yo, listen. The fact that you have a Wale feature, I think when it comes to features, he is the best at the R and B shit. Like, yeah. and it's it's like, and it's like not even close. So talk about how that record came to be and just how like, it's a, it's still a special record. Like I play it all the time. That is one of my favorite um, stories to tell, because hey. Wale. I tried to not be a fanboy about it, but I had to tell him how much everything meant to me. I waited till after he recorded it, but I, I had to tell him how much everything meant to me because I grew up, I kind of found myself, my personality, my identity, and I was making my music in Waldorf, Maryland, which mm-hmm. is in Charles County, and my church was in PG County. And anybody that knows anything about the DMV area, PG County Rain Supreme, and just so much flows through that area. Um, go-go music and all the, the, the culture is very unique. And when I was moving from Maryland to Georgia for my freshman year of high school, one of the, the only DMV thing I had to hold on to was while they had just dropped a project called Paint a Picture. So I was listening to that a whole bunch. I think it was one of his first mixtapes. Um, he had another one, and then eventually, I remember he had dropped uh, Nike boots, and we went crazy because he got the Wayne feature. Like, yeah, he got the Wayne feature, Nike boots. And then not too much longer after that, he got the pretty much the only Gaga feature in existence uh, with Chillin'. Which is uh, crazy because it's a rap record. It just everything yeah. about that Wale debut album is interesting to like look back yeah. at. It. And I had been following him since the, his time with Mark Ronson in London. Wow. 
so he just, it meant a lot to me to be able to have that connect. So when he hit me and, and was showing me love, I just, I, first of all, I'm thinking about how big of a star he is and how he doesn't have to do this. So it just means so much uh, for somebody of his caliber to do that. But he took it beyond just like, yo, let me just do a record. He knew that I'm like a really big wrestling fan. Yo, so, we're going to talk about wrestling too. I'm so <laughs> glad you fucking said that. He knew I'm a big wrestling fan, so he invited me to Wale Mania, which happens during WrestleMania. And I couldn't make it to Wale Mania, but I was able to make it to WrestleMania, and I was with him. So we were like floor seats. I got photos. When Kofi Kingston became the first full African-American, full-blooded African-American to... You were there? Championship. I was right there in the front row. Well, second row with... Wale and his people, um, it was really cool. Very, very cool. As you know, like he has, he made Big E's theme song. Yeah, no, uh, listen, I love. I think I like <laughs> wrestling more, almost as much as I like hip hop and shit. Uh -huh. So the fact that you went to WrestleMania the year Kofi, that's fucking historic. Yeah, bro. And it was my first, and obviously right now only WrestleMania, but it's coming to Dallas, so hopefully, um, lets me ride with him again. <laughs> But yeah, he picked me up and everything. Picked me up from my Airbnb, took me there, made sure I got home. Um, he's just, he's a great guy. He didn't have to do any of that. And so when it came to the record, he just heard that me and Sango were about to do another project. Mm -hmm. And all he said was, I gotta get I gotta get on the record. Like, it don't matter, just I gotta get on it, send me something. So originally, Just Get Here, man, this this song has is a full story. Um, originally, that beat was they had already given that beat to Allen Kingdom. So I forget, I remember, oh. I remember I had seen he made like a whole like promo thing on Twitter and everything where he was just doing his, just having fun, like rapping over it. So when I heard the beat, I was like, yo, I heard this. Like, this is Allen Kingdom. I said, yeah, I was like, I really love it, but you know, obviously I'm not going to mess with it. So it was uh, Sango and Chris McClinney in the room. And they're like, yo, I'm going to just hit him real quick because we never like really settled on what he was going to do with the record, if it was official or what. Sure. So apparently it was just in that text message, Alan Kingdom was like, oh, we good. Like, no, nah, go ahead, use it. I'm like, oh, dope, <laughs> which is cool. I met Alan one time, so uh, maybe that helped out. <laughs> but it was just cool. Like, he just kind of gave the beat up. So they went in and reworked it a bit put the idea together. I knew I wanted a, a female vocal of some kind. Mm -hmm. I first I was thinking like Neo or like, who could I get on this record to make it feel good? Then of course Van Jess, just, they just killed it. It was great. They made it, they did it so easily. But Wale had rapped in the spot that Van Jess is, like the beat, the way that it sounds on their verse is how he rapped. Huh. So Sango is such a genius that he just basically took his verse, moved it out the way, gave Van Jess the spot, and then he he made a beat halftime in the same key to better fit Wale's vocals. Because the energy and everything that you hear on Wale's, Wale's vocals is the original recording to the oh, original shit. beat. So when Kyrie worked it and he made the beat match his vocals in the tone and in the feeling, and that made, I was like, yo, this is a different song. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And it just really lifted up everything, bro. So it's a long song, and it's got a long story. But it's one of the ones I'm most proud of. Not I don't love the way I recorded on it, to be completely honest with you. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm still so proud of it because of what everything means to me on that record from working with Van Jess for the first time, working with Wale for the first time, and just kind of seeing life come full circle in so many ways in that moment. So, yeah, man, that joint. And it, it's really cool live, too, because we, we do it with Enola, Enola Bounce Beat, and people love it, so. Man, I missed the Boston show. A lot of people in here are, like, referring to that being their last show. I missed the Boston yeah. show. Next time you're on tour, I need to go. Super quick question, because yeah. I don't know if you're peeping the comments. Is it true your first rap name was Trell? Oh, God. Who said that? LA probably said that. Is that <laughs> yes. yes, he did. He's been here trolling this whole time. Uh, I'm finally, I wasn't able to uh, read it. For, so first of all, let me, this nigga, he says fun fact because his single is called Fun Fact. So stream fun fact, everybody, and stream separated. Wait, um, before, be, he just said he's going to get out of here. Before he get out of here, I got, before he goes, we got to get an interview. I'm going to tap in with you after. Look, I, we don't need to go through the list of his rap names. He don't want to. <laughs> we could go through a list of his rap names. Uh, but instead of that, I'm just like getting low. All right. But instead of that, yes, Trout was my first rap name. As I said, I was 12 years old when I first started making music. So um, I don't even know how I got there. But it was like an acronym. And who cares what the acronym was because it's stupid. And I got rid of it and eventually went to a Spazzy Rocket because I was... I was nicknamed Spazzy by a girl that I, I was in college for like two months max. And uh, hey, I was cool with this I girl named <laughs> I was cool with this girl named Autumn. So we'd hang out at the cafe and when we would get there, they have music videos on like MTVU or whatever. So at the time, NERD had just dropped Spaz. And Pharrell does this like kind of stupid what, you got a NERD tap? Yes. Yo! <laughs> so they had just dropped Spaz, and Pharrell does this like dance in the video. So I would get up and do the dance. So she started calling me Spazzy. With the fucking, the fucking weird dance he was doing on stage with like his legs. And I remember, I used to copy yeah. that shit in middle school all the time. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's where that name came from. I added the rocket because the group that I was in was doing this um, like space theme, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then. Chopped off all the vowels when I went solo because I couldn't think of a better name, <laughs> and eventually, you know, morphed to this. But yeah, that was one, two, three, four name changes. This man LA got at least sixteen. So if he want to, hey. uh, he want to put people on blast. Oh, again, you know, the <laughs> people in the comments are like, make sure you interview him if he wants to talk about all his name changes. We can do that. Um, he I actually. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm not no, going to mess first, with you first, more. You first, you first, you oh, first. I'm going to say even uh, even the the meaning of L.A. has changed more than once. So this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm glad you brought up Pharrell and NERD because um, I, I read a few times that's like your dream collab. Oh, man. Yeah. Let, yeah. Talk about just like be, just Pharrell as a whole. Why that's your dream collab. Because, I mean, I love Pharrell. I actually named my son after him, so I can only understand how much you might love Pharrell if that's your dream collab. I have to hear. I, have to, I just wanted to, like, gush over I, how much we love Pharrell. <laughs> I'm going to answer that. Let me turn this light on now that the sun has gone down. Okay. We're about to get the good light in here. Yeah, I'm trying to get it, like, not so ridiculous on my face. Hey, I feel you, dog. Um, 
so I'm a, a massive Pharrell fan for many reasons, but you kind of just, at some point, you looked up and realized how many hits he made in your lifetime. And it's just like, this nigga is crazy. Like, who does this? And then you start thinking about the longevity of it all, how much that really takes to do mm-hmm. and to still be so creative. It just, you know, obviously everything is not going to be a hit, but he's not afraid to try anything. I don't know what genre this man is. Who cares? He's Pharrell. He's Pharrell, yeah. Just go for it. What he's done with the Neptunes, what he did with NERD, what he's done by himself. He's got a rap album and a pop album as a solo artist. Um, he he is innovative in so many ways. He changed uh, the way that I, I think about the type of music I should make, like whether or not I should just stick to this or just stick to that. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, when I listen to... I mean, the dude produced hella good for No Doubt, but he also produced um, Drop It Like It's Hot for Snoop, but he also produced a whole Ariana Grande album. And it's just like, it's like yo, this yeah, man... He got Bow Wow Yeah, Bow Dude, the first time I ever heard of him was... Was it 95 or 96? I was an absolute child, but I was still trying to learn. My brother was so into music, I was learning about a lot of people at the time, learning about Rough Riders and Missy Elliott and Timberland and like getting real specific about who produced what and trying to being able to hear that. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I really liked this joint. Um, Why are you over there looking at me? Why my girl standing? Like that joint on the Mace album, right? That shit's amazing. I, I just love that beat. And so eventually, like back then, of course, you had the liners and all that. And I found out who produced it and started realizing I could notice over time when Pharrell produced something. Yep. Just, it was just, I've been in love since then, um, just with the work that he does. So I've got a, I don't know if we can really see it here. I have a Get Lucky tab. Ooh. And obviously that's Daft Punk, Pharrell, and now Rogers. And that's because, you know, who everything that Pharrell is to me, like I just said, Daft Punk being able to love music and love um, creating more than fame. I think that I think that that duo represented that so much because the people who know the, who they are are the people that need to know who they are. Absolutely. Like, even though you know their names, you might be able to find their faces somewhere. You also might go to IHOP or somewhere and not know it's them. <laughs> like, who knows? We may have walked past them before. We just don't know. And to me, that's just that's so important because they're Grammy Award winning artists. And they've been on top of the world, and they don't care if you know them or not. And it's just that that just meant a lot to me as far as like the love of the music. And then with now Rogers representing the soul and being innovative in his time as well, and kind of bridging the gap between um, the eras before me and the eras that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then of course just the title "Get Lucky" itself. Uh, even though I think a lot of people probably take it sexually i take it as like we're up all night to get lucky as in we're we're working so hard on this music all night we're trying to raise the bar Mm -hmm. Uh, we're we're making all these records hoping to get lucky one day and one of them pops like that was that's the way i take it with these musicians and um yeah just for real means a lot (laughs) i really 
what what do you think if you you know if you can get the studio for real asap what what's the records that you're going to be like this is kind of what i want to emulate what are the neptune's records what does xavier omar for real records sound like in your head like what are the records you tell him it's too is he's too unpredictable to really right to lead him somewhere because i'm gonna let him lead me to Mm. be honest like listen to the the music you know, or whatever you've heard from me so far that's got us to this point. What do you want? Where do you want to take me now? Because he's the type of guy that can do that for artists. He can lead them to where they're going to go next. And I would just allow allow him to do that and just take a stab at stuff, man. Because uh, I wouldn't have made uh, Neon Guts, but I love that song. Yeah, no. Like, I love Neon That song, it's, it's simple, but to me it's fire because it, it is so simple. Um, I wouldn't have said, oh, Pharrell's going to go work with Ariana Grande on a complete album. There's a bunch of stuff he's done that I would not have said he's going to do. So I just can't, I'm not going to go lead a genius. I'm going to let him lead me and see what happens from there. Man, I really hope that record happens because as a fan of both you and Pharrell and obviously Neptune's and everything, I think it would be incredible. And just the, yeah. like everything he does, especially when he's in his R&B pocket. Oh my God. Yeah. I would love to hear it more often because you don't hear it a whole lot. It's specifically the R and B space. So Nah, for sure. That's like one of my favorite spaces for him. Um, we, we briefly touched on your love for WWE. Let's talk about like just favorite wrestlers. I just want to talk WWE with you real quick. Man, uh I don't know if Jose is still here. I think I saw him briefly. But San Antonio, Texas, man, we have birthed the greatest wrestler of all time. His name is Shawn Michaels. All all facts. He is the greatest to me. Uh, they say greatest in-ring performer, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that you perform in the ring. That makes you the best wrestler. So, uh, Sean, hold on. Oh, Christian, same here. Clean, same You know, a lot of your music, you don't need to work with ungodly artists, no brainer. Okay. Um, so, she's saying, I, I want the old Christian singer, Spazzy Rocket, clean, I think she. Yeah, she's trying to say decent, but it says descent. Clean, decent music, even though I love a lot of your music, but you don't need to work with ungodly artists. No bueno. Okay, uh, I don't I don't know how we truly get to judge the complete character of whether someone is uh, godly or not, depending on just how you judge them or what you think about them. Um, we see pieces of people's lives, and maybe everything that we see isn't the greatest of fruit or the greatest of of things, but I don't know anybody personally who's ever gone through life with, um, without a blemish in any kind of way, purposely or not. Uh, So to to say that is to me kind of odd, but also um, um, it doesn't matter what my name is. I'm I'm the same. As Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, I'm deeper in my faith than I've ever been. Uh, because I've trusted God more than I've ever had to before to to get anywhere. I only live in San Antonio because I felt led by God to do so. Um, you can. I'm glad you still love some of the music. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like when people come from that from that thought process because to me it's more. It's like a holier than thou type of thing. Like absolutely. It's it's not. It's not out of love. Um, I think I think I think people think it is when they say stuff like that. That it's out of love, like oh, bring back the old you. 
but God has done a new thing. So why would I bring back the old me? The old me has passed away. So I'm, I'm, I'm good on that. Like every day I'll be, become better. Um, but yeah, stuff like that, man, I, I need to, I didn't mean to kill the vibe, but I need to. No, I, I love that you addressed that's, it. That's important. That's not, that's not it, bro. <laughs> that's, that's not the way to speak to anybody you don't have a relationship with, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, art is so subjective. Art is creation. To make art is to have a piece of what God has given you. And if I can help people, it doesn't matter who I'm doing it with. Pharrell got, just did stuff for a whole gospel album, a whole gospel choir. Like, there's a whole record on gospel radio right now that's produced by Pharrell. So I don't, I don't know where people get stuff like that from. But anyway, let's move on. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> um, heartbreak hit, man. Obviously, here's a guy with a ridiculous past who also changed, which is mm-hmm. a cool segue. Incredible segue, actually. I was going to say that. <laughs> um, he, he's a guy who doesn't, um, who isn't proud of everything he did in his past, but even in that, he inspired me so much. I would never wrestle. I'm not an idiot. Don't want to get slammed. But his character, him being the little guy that took took over, came into the giant land and became champion, all that stuff, his story, his work ethic, like that inspired me even before he became a far better man than he was in the past. Uh, so you can be inspired by, you can still be, people can still be used by God even if they're not necessarily where you feel they should be. So let's dead that. Anyway, Shawn Michaels. Number two is really difficult for me. At one point, I had AJ Styles there. Okay. He's not there anymore because it's, it's, got, it's got to live and breathe. He's still wrestling, so it can move up and down. The fact that he, he's that high is incredible, though. He was there, man. Like, just in his WWE run alone, he was there. Yeah. And that's and not even talking crazy. DNA. Yeah, and he was, you know, he was amazing before he got there. But even just, I want to say 16, I think that's when he got there, about 16 to somewhere yeah. around 18 or 19 was incredible for him. But I'm going to say Daniel Bryan is my number two. Because, trained by Shawn Michaels. Yes, trained by Shawn Michaels. Here's why I say that as people leave as I talk about wrestling. Um, <laughs> Here's why I say he's number two. Who was the biggest baby face? Who had the biggest baby face WrestleMania before Kofi? Like Daniel ever. Daniel Bryan, right? The whole thing was based on him. And then the next biggest baby face was Kofi, right? Like mm-hmm. Kofi was not going to have that big moment. Who did he who was the heel in that match? Daniel Bryan. How do you do that? Like, who else has done that? Wrestling to special be, to be the biggest baby face in like modern history at WrestleMania, and then to be the heel to the next biggest one is you have to be an ungodly amount of talented to pull that off. So I put him there, and then just if you just want to talk about just wrestling, I still put him there. Uh, obviously, my wrist my list is going to be strictly WWE because that's all I watch. Um, but third, I put Randy Orton just because I love the character. If you were to make a wrestler, you make Randy Orton. Uh, so, you and, excited for him and Soldier Boy? Yeah, because Soldier Boy needs to take a couple RKO's, uh, a couple backbreakers, and we'll, we'll see how he's talking after that. Facts. 
Yeah, that, that's the, that's my top three for my wrestlers. I can actually I can very much respect that. Look, it, there's there's not so many holes you can poke in that. I have oh, it must not be in here in here anymore. I have a, a signed Bret Hart uh, Funko Pop toy, but I don't know where it is now. But Bret is up there as well. Obviously, people like to talk about like the Rock and Stone Cold, but to me, they were just really big characters, not great mm-hmm. wrestlers. Yeah, I don't. I don't um, think Stone Cold's that great of a wrestler per se. His his uh, character was incredible. Obviously, The Rock's The Rock. Yeah, He's, Jericho's my number one. Personally, Jericho. Now he does have a great a great body of work. I can't. I was gonna say I can't say nothing about that, but I, I don't think he is number one. But he's an all time great. For sure. for sure. He's my favorite. My, I guess number one. Honestly, though, I feel like it's kind of like the rap thing when, like, you ask someone's top five, like, the same specific people will come up because not for nothing, Shawn Michaels is top two, top three. Like, yeah. for me, he's, like, the greatest ever, but he's in yeah. my list no matter how I flip it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fully agree. Yo, first, I love this conversation, by the way. Man, it's fun. That's cool. I haven't... No, this- I haven't done any. I haven't even shown my face. Remember, I told you I had that style in my eye, and you can you see there's even still like that's the it's small now, but that was my whole eye at one point. Your skin's so, glowing though. I can appreciate uh, that. Your skin's glowing. I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? I got you know, man. My, my wife got me some hymns. You feel me? I got to get it going on. You feel me? You got so, the human race. Hey, I was thinking about that earlier actually, but I didn't get it yet. I um next time I get like a because since I bought it once next time I get like a free act like access early I'm a I'm a DM it to you you need oh, that in your life yeah you need that in your life my boy Thilo is using it and I'm I'm thinking about it I I don't take a whole bunch of time on the whole skincare thing to be honest I take my shower I clean my face and I get my lotion and now I got the hymns but I hadn't really uh, paid a whole lot of attention to it but I think I will now because I like the hymns hey. It feels good, trust me. And I, I've been seeing Theo's journey too because I follow yeah. him on Twitter as well. That man, yeah, he's he's incredible. <laughs> Before we leave, let me ask. I've seen people ask a bunch of questions. I'm trying to figure out what's been the most asked. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people, obviously, have been mentioning tours through this whole time. So I guess my last question to you is like, realistically speaking, with this COVID world we're living in. What's the next Xavier Omar concert experience look like? And how quick, like, is, are we getting anything virtual anytime soon? Like, what's that look like? And, and in what capacity? I think the next experience um, is going to be virtual. I've been pushing to do the album virtually uh, for a while. It's just, there's, there's red tape. The agency, there's, like, certain ways that it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so now... It wasn't like this at first, but now because of my because I do need to go through my agents to like help make things like this bigger, they're like, Okay, cool. Well, it used to be venues would bid for you per city, but now mm-hmm. like websites bid for you bid for you per um like per I guess virtual performance. That's interesting. So it's it's really different. And at the moment they haven't responded about anybody for a while like mm-hmm. for a few weeks here so at some point it's gonna like pop where they're sending all they're sending in all their offers for everybody but right now i'm just kind of waiting to find out what the offers are if there are any um to to do a live show i want to do the uh the album but also i mean i got a surprise this month as well 
Hey, you know, I'm not gonna be able to put the full album together the way I want to, but I, I got to do something that I never thought I'd be able to do. And it's just the perfect time. So yeah, that's gonna, that'll be in a couple of weeks, I think it is. Like, obviously I'll, I'll announce it more. It's cool to be able to say that right now, but yeah, man, I'll, I'll be able to, to really put it out there in a couple of weeks. Also more merch <laughs> in a couple of weeks as well. These joints, this shirt sold out, the long sleeve sold out, and the hoodie is either sold out or there's like two mediums left or something like that. And we're doing new colorways um, to, for the next experience. So I love it. I love the, the colors we picked for all three, so. The merch is phenomenal. I grabbed the shirt. Shout out Steven Lexby. Steven designed all of it. He's been a big part of like my team and making things happen in my life for years now. He been he's he's run lights at one tour. He's been the tour manager. Holy shit. <laughs> he's he's designed t shirts. He's incredible. So shout out Steven. Man, you have an amazing team around you. And honestly, like just talking to you, like I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously like you've seen the comments if you feels incredible. I'm excited to hear the new music and just see this journey. And I wanna thank you for doing this. Yeah, I know you got obligations right after this, so like, thank you so much for doing this. Um, hopefully, we can do do more stuff in the future. I want to bring you to Rhode Island because you haven't been here. So Man, I have it, and I forget it exists. To be completely honest with you, but I promise, <laughs> bring me there. I, I promise, when you come to Rhode Island, bro, you're yeah. gonna love it. You have hella fans out here, and you know it's just it's just awesome. You're, you're gonna you're gonna fuck with it. I, like when we get you booked to Rhode Island, I'm gonna show you a great time. You can keep that on wax. I'm, hey, I'm gonna hold you to it. Like I said, I ain't never been, and I'm I'm excited to see what it's like in general. I don't know, I don't even have a real idea of what it may be like. So I'm excited to see that, man. Um, yeah, it's gonna surprise my, you. My obligation that he's talking about is literally like Bible study. It's like life group with <laughs> with my church in a few minutes. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm at home, bro. Like I'm. I'm still I'm taking out the trash and washing dishes and going to church. Like that's that's what I'm on right now. <laughs> I love to hear that, bro. And again, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, this is super dope. Uh, look, we gotta catch a wrestling show together one of these days too. Once oh, shit yeah. clears up. If you uh, get the opportunity, like I said, Mania is in Dallas in 2022. Um, so we'll see what it's looking like. That's early 2022. I've never been to a WrestleMania, so I will pull up. I'm gonna hold you to that. We, hey, let's see what it's looking like, because it, I don't know, bro. They wild on these. It's still Texas. Yeah, you're right. They wild. Right. So we'll see what they, what they talking about if people still alive. So <laughs> we'll move from there. Make sure we're living and go from there. If we're living, we're going to WrestleMania in 2022. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, my G. Have a good one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will drop this on YouTube soon. Thank y'all.